so I've never understood why people are afraid of ghosts. My mother still firmly believes that she lived in a haunted house when I was two years old. Now, before I tell this story, you have to remember my mother was on a lot of drugs. A young woman had been shot to death on the couch in the apartment by a jealous boyfriend. So the first thing, naturally, that they tell her about this apartment is that when they pulled the couch out to clean it, blood kept pouring out of it, no matter how many times they washed it off with a hose. Wait. There are so many questions here. So many questions. Like, why wash the couch? And why with a hose? Why is that the appropriate measure to take with a death couch? Just throw that shit away. But, of course, the silliest thing is that this isn't even that bizarre. There is a lot of blood in a human body. If you can't wick away that glass of red wine out of your carpet, what makes you think that you can wash out the entirety of a human being's blood from sofa cushions and microfiber? After hearing this charming story, my mother still wanted the apartment because, again, a lot of drugs. And after she took the apartment, she began having night terrors because, again, a lot of drugs. But the most terrifying thing for her was that I began telling her about my imaginary friend Cassandra, a woman with long black hair, which I also shouldn't have been able to do because I was two years old. And the thing that I never quite understood, perhaps because I grew up with a ghost friend, is why ghosts are considered to be frightening. They're just dead people. They're people. If I died right now and became a ghost, do you know what I would spend time doing? Not murdering people. I mean, not a lot of people, and certainly not anyone that anyone would miss. The worst thing I would probably do is something creepy and voyeuristic, like watching people empty out their spam folder. Being afraid of a ghost makes exactly as much sense as being afraid of all people everywhere. In fact, it makes less sense, because a ghost can't pick up a gun and shoot you. If anything, we should be laughing at those stupid, incompetent ghosts. They're incorporeal. Haha, <laughs> they can't pick up things. But my mother didn't agree, so we had to move out. I just moved to a new neighborhood myself. It's poorer than my old neighborhood, which is good. The neighbors actually talk to each other here and treat each other as people. Not complications in their complicated lives. You can tell when you move into a poorer neighborhood because there's always someone playing basketball. Not with anyone, just alone playing basketball. Four cars in the driveway and a dude playing basketball solo, that's a major indicator of low property taxes. And I like it. I like that. I like that kids are running across my yard without their parents helicoptering after them. I like that my neighbors are willing to talk to me. When I moved in here, a neighbor stopped by concerned that I might not have gotten a package that was left for me. The day I moved in. I spent three years in my last neighborhood and talked to my neighbors twice. And it was to mow my lawn. Both times. There is nothing more frustrating than giving technical support to a family member over the phone. Nothing. Because they don't believe anything that you say, and why did they ask? My mom called me today, said that her friend had a bright flashing alert on her screen that says, This is the FBI. Your computer is conducting illegal activities. Call this toll-free number or your computer will be shut down. And you always wonder who is falling for these things, but here's your answer, people. Actual people are falling for these scams. There is absolutely nothing that I can say at this point that is going to convince either of them that this is not a legitimate message from the federal government. So I don't know why they ask. There's something in their head, like the gift of fear, the gift of paranoia. They know that something's wrong, but they want to believe it for some reason. Because within their spectrum of knowledge, it does make sense. Of course the federal government is tracking their computer. They can tap phones. Of course the federal government can shut down their computer remotely. They've had their internet go down before. To the best of their knowledge, this is the exact same situation. 
What invariably occurs during these situations is that we go back and forth for an hour as I try to walk them through the process of completing a malware scan or even, hell, rebooting their computer. And then they finally tell me that they're just going to wait until their husband or son comes home. Every damn time. But that's not the worst. The worst phenomenon is the you-touched-it-last phenomenon, which is why I won't ever work on the computer of a friend or family member. You install a stick of RAM in someone's computer, and three years later their CPU burns out, and suddenly it's, well, you must have done something, you touched it last. My last boss had a chronic case of you touched it last syndrome. I was somehow able to do things such as delete all of her Excel documents by simply replacing her mouse batteries. And there is no more hellish a landscape than the technology of small business, because they are so reliant upon their technology, but they don't understand it at all. The small business I worked for had all of their equipment nailed to a plywood board that was positioned over the microwave. One day I came in and my boss had pulled down all of the cables from the switch and plugged them into a half dozen other devices because the internet had gone down. And that made sense. If the cables aren't doing their thing, they should be in different places. She couldn't wait 15 minutes for me to reboot the router. She had to go and do that. And since the cables were all unmarked by the last ignition, it took two hours to get everything back into workable condition. But believe it or not, that's not even the worst small business IT story I have. No, I'm going to tell you about my first office job, which was for a small property management company. I was working as their web developer at the time and providing some basic tech support and help desk functions, you know, grunt work. But I was 17, so that made sense. For a boutique property company, this place had a lot of technical issues because they were working with a legacy computer system that was primarily DOS. I am not 50 years old. This was aggressively non-functional. This company still had 5-inch floppy disks. I've never even seen a 5-inch floppy. I know, I know, phrasing. Anyway, so we were upgrading the system one night at a time, and we were doing midnight runs because the boss didn't want to disrupt the company during working hours. Or at least that's what I thought was going on. But somewhere along the, I don't know, third time we installed Windows Server 2003, I started getting an inkling that something was wrong. That's when I learned that my boss was paying our IT technician in me. The 40-year-old IT guy who had a son who was around my age was working for free provided that I would be there with him. My boss had bartered my time and in fact said I might go out on a date with the guy to save some money on IT. That's my worst small business IT story. Alright guys, have a fantastic night. Tune in Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central and follow me on Twitter at jkiloindia.